You are listening to Agency Work, the podcast that provides career advice for people who want to work at a creative agency. I'm your host, Parker Playstead. Today I'm talking with Morgan Witham, the Chief Operating Officer at CoLab. CoLab is a digital agency here in Richmond, Virginia. Morgan has a Bachelor of Arts degree in Economics from Vanderbilt University. Morgan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're going to go into a little different topic this time. We're going to be talking about cost. And Morgan's background is very well suited for this conversation. So I'm really excited about getting into talking about the cost side of agency, which some people may think, you know, that's not going to be exciting. But I think this is going to be a fun, fun episode. It's also nice to have an alumna from Vanderbilt University. So I, uh, I got my MBA degree from Vanderbilt University and enjoyed my two years in Nashville. It's a great school, Vanderbilt University, and it's a neat city to be in Nashville. So it's fun to have an alumna from Vanderbilt here. So thank you for joining me today. Morgan, we're going to talk about your background in economics and finance a little bit later into the podcast because that's an important part of the conversation. But I want to start this episode with you telling us more about CoLab and your work as the chief operating officer there. Sure. CoLab is a full-service digital agency of about 25 people, and we specialize in the strategic design and development of websites and cloud, cloud-based operations. We offer services ranging from digital strategy to custom applications and integrations, even voice technology. Essentially, if it touches the web, we're all in. And our clients range from small businesses to large corporations. We serve a wide range of industries, including healthcare, nonprofit, legal services, financial services, food and beverage, and, and many others. And we have a mix of project managers, strategists, UX designers, developers, and programmers, all based out of our office here in Manchester. So you've got quite a, a deep team of talent um, with the developers and the designers. So you, you know, somebody might look at CoLab and say, oh, they do websites. But really, you're um, a deeper talent pool than just doing websites. Could you give us a little more insight on the, the types of technology or the types of websites or the functionality of the websites? Absolutely. So our our history really started in a focus on primarily website, marketing website uh, development. And we always had a very strong foot in the technology side. Um, since we have been in business for 11 years, we've really kind of built out equal footing on the strategy and design side. So now we are kind of what we consider to be full service digital. Um, so for that, for us, that means we are focused very heavily on the user experience, on um, doing strategy and discovery with clients to really dig out what are their overall business goals, whether that is a marketing-facing website that they want to drive donations in the case of Feedmore, or it is a law firm that's trying to drive uh, better and more diverse recruiting through the through tools in their website, or it could be even an internal application that they use. Um, so we have experience using a bunch of different tools to create communication platforms, for instance. So a very large healthcare firm that we helped to build them a tool that allowed them to reach all of their employees through text. And it's a scalable platform so that they can use additional types of communication in the future uh, that allows them to choose individual groups that they want to send messages to across the entire country. Um, so really any type of business problem that technology can be used to solve, 
or in the in the case of a marketing website, a custom website, that's really where where we we kind of come into action and are really well suited. It's our sweet spot. Um, on the technology side, we also do things that are a little more on the back end. So integrations. If we if we we often have clients who have disparate systems where information is siloed and they need to connect those um, and build a, pl- a platform that connects those. So that's really great work that we do. And then voice technology. What I mentioned a little bit earlier. That is a realm that we go into. Most recently, we helped the lottery build an Alexa skill. Um, so the ability for clients to reach their customers in ways that they previously hadn't which is becoming really interesting. I want to transition now to your role as the chief operating officer at CoLab. So you're not a creative person. You weren't brought in as a creative talent to the agency. You were brought in as somebody who understands business and can help uh, with the operation of the business as the chief operating officer. So I'm going to hand it over to you to explain your role at CoLab. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit at first about what being a chief operating officer means and what that means for us at CoLab, and then also talk a little bit about how that position came to be and how this um, how this kind of evolved. So my primary responsibilities range from setting and executing our business strategy, driving our finances and forecasting, to overseeing our benefits management and recruiting. Um, so at a firm of our size, I wear several different hats on any given day. Um, I have known the founder, Eddie O'Leary, for seven or eight years now, and he originally approached me a few years ago about the opportunity to come on board and help him run the business. He had built it to a scale that he felt very comfortable with and had done very good work getting um, to a point of stability. But he also realized it was reaching this kind of um, critical point where he really needed somebody to help him focus on the business and somebody that cannot get sucked into the business. So that was very intentional on his part to talk to somebody like me who, as you mentioned, have a completely different background. Um, We may get into this a little bit later, but I spent 12 years in investment banking, so I do not have background in the creative technology world or the agency space. Um, So this very much required me getting up a learning curve. But I think his rationale for that was very sound in getting somebody who can focus on the operations of the business, the strategy of the business. How do we scale smartly, Um, not just growth for growth's sake, but how do we build a foundation from which we can grow in a very smart way, uh, in a strategic way, and in a way that does not detract from the culture and what we have worked so hard to build. So so that is what I do on kind of a day-to-day basis, is really focused on how do we operate this business, how do we grow this business, where do we want to take it next? So Morgan, I do want to get into your background in investment banking, and you worked at a local company here in Richmond that's actually a multinational company now, but it got started here in Richmond. It's called Harris-Williams. It's an investment bank specializing in mergers and acquisition advisory services, so generally referred to as M&A advisory services. You spent, how many years were you there? Twelve years. Twelve years at Harris-Williams which is fantastic training on looking at companies, understanding how to position the company, evaluating the the company, what the value of the company is in the transaction. So you had a lot of training and insight on what makes a good company a good company, how to make sure it's uh, on track as a profitable and uh, sustainable company. 
and you're bringing that to CoLab, which I think is really interesting. So I want you to talk about your background at Harris-Williams a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so as you mentioned, um, Harris-Williams is a sell-side mergers and acquisitions firm, which basically means they advise companies on the sale of their business. So I started as an analyst, a role that I was in for three years, um, which is an incredibly intense, typically working about 80, 90 hours a week in most weekends. Um, and it really, it's an environment that throws you into a whirlwind of learning. That type of work includes financial modeling and analysis, accounting, industry and competitive research, researching potential buyers, and really being able to understand and articulate how businesses operate and how they intend to, intend to grow. And as you mentioned, what makes them valuable, what makes them well run, what makes them um, exciting to be purchased by somebody else. And the analyst role is traditionally a two-year position after which most folks go into private equity, some into corporate development or back into business school. I was actually in the middle of my private equity job search when I got approached to stay on in a different role. Um, so after working as an analyst, I spent a year on the business development team, which was great for rounding out my own skill set. I think, as you mentioned, one of the nice things about my background is the well-rounded Groundedness, um, of just business operations in general and finance that I was able to pick up on. And so from uh, working on the business development team, I actually had yet another opportunity to take on a role that at the time was new for Harris-Williams. The title was Strategy Development Manager, which that title in and of itself doesn't really tell you that much. But essentially, I worked most closely with our CEO and COO, along with the heads of other departments, so finance, HR, IT, and marketing, on the business itself. So I was now not working on deals, and I was working on the business of Harris-Williams and how do we grow, how do we scale. Um, some of that work included thinking through ways to quantify the work the industry groups were doing at the time, helping to build models to plan for future, future hiring, um, strategic planning and financial planning, planning for our parent company, and even providing the business and user perspective as we built out a custom CRM to suit both the junior bankers' needs as well as leadership team and my needs. So that was a little bit of a foray into the world that I'm in now, which is interesting looking back in hindsight. But it really provided the opportunity to dive into dozens of large, well-run, very profitable companies and learn what makes them profitable, what makes them work across a vast range of industries, quite frankly. Um, and those are some of the tools that have definitely I, I brought with me to CoLab and I think makes this such an interesting position for me because I've had experience working very cross-functionally and, and in a role that was very multifaceted and now getting the chance to do that on a smaller scale um, with a smaller team and be able to make some, some see what kind of impact that can make has been really interesting. Morgan, thank you. I hope the audience is getting a sense of your expertise in this and why I'm so excited to have you here in the in the podcast studio to go into the next part of our conversation. You have such an expertise in understanding the costs and finance and accounting of a company that makes you the perfect guest to transition to this next part we're going to get into. So one of the things that I see happening with agencies and creative people, uh, individual contributors within agencies, is they get good at what they're doing. They kind of get comfortable at what they're doing. They start having a desire to either branch out and focus on the kind of work that they want to do, 
or they see an opportunity to go freelance and they look at what they're being paid and they look at the billing rate of the agency and they start doing the numbers and saying, well, I could leave and I could freelance and I could charge less and I could make more and I could do the kind of work I want to do. So I, I tend to see that happening as a trend in agencies from individual contributors going out, going freelance. But then some of these freelance people uh, are successful. You know, it's good that they're successful, but they become successful enough that they have enough clients that they need help. So they start bringing in other people to work with them, and eventually those people become employees, and then they need office space, and now they're back to being an agency with overhead. And now they've got to operate like the agency that they left. So uh, this transition back into becoming an agency and the costs, I want to talk about this because I think there's um, an opportunity for people to really understand what the costs are and why they're there. And so agencies have overhead costs. It's not only the office space, it's not only the payroll, but it's the benefits that they give to their employees, whether it's uh, health insurance or other benefits, they're costs that go into this. And so the agencies want to provide benefits to their employees like any other company. They want to operate like any other company, offer the typical benefits that a company would offer to the employees. But there's a bit of a challenge in that, and there's kind of a, a critical mass of being able to do that. And Colab has grown uh, to a point where it needed people like you, and there's also a chief financial officer. Is that right? There's That's right. We have a part-time chief financial mm-hmm. officer. So you've got some important people in the company working on the uh, finances, accounting, and the benefits. And so I want you to talk about the benefits that uh, you've brought in or you're helping manage at CoLab so people kind of get a sense of this is um, there needs to be some overhead margin on the billing rates in order to cover these expenses. Absolutely. So I'll try and and talk about this in a way that um, contextualizes the the really the business side of of running an agency, also in a way that hopefully does not does not bore your listeners too much. But as you mentioned, there are there are a lot of things that are paid for by the margin with that billing rate, and some of those do include things like the office space space itself, the the furniture, the equipment, the supplies we need, all the way down to the snacks we provide. Um, sales is a big sales and marketing is a big effort that um, you have to have a team focused on generating leads, intaking referrals, putting together proposals, attending pitches, handing that off to the production team, and the marketing needs. And, and this is a case where we're still growing, so we don't have a full time person doing this marketing piece. We're we're tag teaming it a little bit right now, but building awareness. Um, Colab is a great example of we're about twenty five people now. We've grown. I think we've had around eight hires over the last six months alone, so we're growing pretty quickly right now. And we have evolved over the last five, six years, as I mentioned earlier, from being really primarily a web development shop to more of a full-service digital agency. 
And we have to let people know about that. Um, there are a lot of people who don't know that we exist, that don't know what we do, that don't know the full extent of our capabilities. And part of that is it takes time to build that awareness. It takes somebody's time to generate case studies, to have a social media presence, to generate um, an outgoing sales effort. All of those things require time, and which then translates into needing to hire additional people that may not be directly billable people. Um, accounting needs, as you mentioned, and that's partially our part-time CFO's time and my time as well. And employee benefits is a huge part of that mix. So for us, um, for instance, and, and this varies across agencies, for us that means a 401k where we have matching. It means a fully paid health insurance plan, dental insurance, short-term disability, life insurance, all of these things, maternity and paternity leave, things that we want to do that take time and money to keep everything running to build a place that's not only sustainable, but potentially scalable, um, but most importantly, enjoyable. We want to build uh, an environment where people love coming to work, where they feel like they're really producing their best work. And the, the effort and the time that it takes to keep those things running really effectively to build um, something that is valuable and scalable, it, it, you're right, it does. Those are the things that we are having to build on the margin that are a little bit different um, when you look as a, as a practitioner, as a producer, when you're trying to compare, do I want to stay working with an agency or do I want to freelance? And Morgan, bringing you in as somebody who understands what successful companies are doing, what their cash flow is, um, what they're spending versus what their expenses are, you come in with a background to understand what a company of a given size can offer and still maintain profitability. So there's kind of a, a desire to offer these things to the employees or have a, uh, an agency space with the equipment and the office space and all that. There's a desire to have all these things, but somebody has to look at the books and say, what can you really afford? You know, yes, it's nice to have these things, but based on your cash flow, based on projections of what you're going to do this year, this is really what we can do. And so I think that's an, uh, an element that you can bring to the company is somebody who understands where that kind of range is of, yes, here's the expenses, here's the revenue, here's what we can do. Absolutely. And I, I do think that that changes a little bit as a company evolves. Um, for example, we had what we consider uh, an investment year last year where we were very focused on finding the right talent um, and really kind of focused on what do we need to invest in to build the company versus the year prior to that was very much a growth year um, where we saw uh, kind of a lot of growth from, from the prior year that was really exciting. So I think there is a little bit of a balance when we are planning out the strategy of the company, knowing that we're going to have periods where we are going to be very much investing in the company um, and then trying to, to plan out when do we need to scale that back. Because because you're absolutely right. There are a lot of things that you want to do and that may sound great, but aren't necessarily sustainable and good from a financial perspective or good from a business continuity perspective. So while those aren't necessarily always the fun things to think about and can certainly be a little bit of a buzzkill, that right balance is what we're striving for so that we're building something that is sustainable, but also enjoyable and, um, and exciting for employees and I think helps retain really good talent. What I'm so impressed about with CoLab and your role there is Eddie had the foresight to bring somebody like you in. 
And I don't think many agencies go down that path. I don't know where they get the advice on how to do this, but to bring you into the company was a pretty smart move on Eddie's part. And like most agency uh, founders, they tend to come from being a individual contributor, right? They tend to be somebody who has worked at an agency in an individual contributor role and don't necessarily have the business management knowledge to run the company. And so to put them in a position of running a company and doing the things that aren't really what they're good at isn't a good fit. So Eddie gets to work on the things that he's good at, which is the right balance, right? You want to fill the role that you're good at so you can be successful at that. Um, There's kind of studies around success and really success comes from doing what you're good at and trying to convince people to get better at what they're not good at really isn't the right path of success. So Eddie is allowed to do what he's good at. He's brought you in to compliment him and fill gaps in his skill set so that the management of the company can be done correctly, done well, and you're the person helping on that side of things. So I am really impressed at this structure, and uh, I find it somewhat rare although maybe it's just me that I'm not noticing things, but it seems rare to me that uh, a company makes this kind of decision to bring somebody with your kind of background to be the chief operating officer. It was a remarkably insightful act on his part um, and and somewhat counterintuitive um, act of leadership, I think, in that case, to be a leader by delegating leadership, almost in this case. And, and I think he did have the realization that I'm getting further and further removed from what I liked doing, which, as you mentioned in the debate of freelancing and, and all of a sudden you wake up and you're back to where you started in an, in an agency, I think that is uh, a little bit what he experienced, where he started it out of a love for what he was doing and developing is where he started. And he really wanted to marry those practices of design and development where he saw a lot of agencies have those practices very siloed. And collaboration, hence the name of Colab, is was the marrying of those two practices. And he realized that he got to a point that I'm further removed from that work. I don't feel like I'm as good at the running the business side. I don't enjoy it the way that I want. And he also had the experience of looking up to agencies throughout the course of the last 11 years and unfortunately seeing one by one some of those not make it. And I think he was um, insightful and self-aware enough to say, how do I not make those same mistakes? And for him, the realization was I am best suited as the visionary, as the creative, He's very entrepreneurial by nature. It's um, all these ideas all the time. But the tactical element of executing that and um, and kind of grounding that vision into something that's more strategic is not his skill set. And I think that's where we are very complementary um, to one another because all those things that he is that I just remarked are not my skill sets. My skill sets are very much in the um, coming up with a plan, a strategy, executing that strategy, thinking about the future, but not in that same creative visionary way that Eddie is really skilled at. So I think that um, that those skills combined will hopefully lead to a lot of success. But I think it's, it's also at least gives us, if nothing else, uh, multiple lenses through which we are running this business, which I think is really important. Morgan, you talked about how the company has grown recently and you've brought in some new hires and you've been interviewing some of these candidates. 
and with the perspective that Eddie had of what he was good at and what he wasn't good at, you've had some interesting conversations with these candidates who have, some of them have had agency experience, some have had freelance experience. I'd like you to elaborate on the conversations you've had with these people about coming back into an agency. Sure. So one of the many hats that I wear is in recruiting, and I have spoken to dozens of strategists, UX designers, and developers that have, at some point in their career, not all of them, but some of them, have gone down the path of freelancing. And it's it's always been interesting to me when I dive into that with candidates to hear about their background perspective, why they chose to do that why they're choosing to potentially leave that if they're interested in a position that that we're talking to them about. And it's, um, I'd say it's a mixed bag of sentiments. There are some people who really loved it because it allowed them to focus on the one thing that they loved. It, It provided in many cases some flexibility. It allowed them to really cherry pick the types of clients that they worked with. But one um, theme that I found pretty consistent across people who were obviously trying to do something different because they were talking to me about a position we had at Colab. One of the things that was common that I heard was, man, I loved it when I started. I was focused on what I wanted to, but then I realized that finding new business is hard. And, and finding partners to do the work that I don't focus on is hard. And, and making sure that I'm you know acting as a project manager and staying in touch with the client regularly is hard. And gosh, those weren't really the pieces that, that I want to do, but I have to do in order to make this work. Um, so those, I think, were some of the interesting pieces when, when people had gone down the freelance path and were deciding not to do it. And there are many cases where I think it's very fulfilling and very successful. But I think what I hear when people have done that and have decided to do something different, it's because what they thought was going to bring them closer to the work at the end of the day ended up having them slightly further removed from the work because there were so many other facets of that that they had to do that they didn't anticipate going into it or didn't enjoy as much. Um, so that's been interesting interesting is we have uh, talked to different candidates and listened to their their own career evolutions and pieces that they enjoyed from each. So yeah, that's been that's been really interesting. So Morgan, I appreciate you sharing that insight from the conversations with the people you're interviewing. And I, I see it and, and I hear this kind of uh, feedback as well from people that you go off and become a freelancer for certain reasons, and then you realize, you know, that's a tough life. You've got to find your clients and everything that you described. Um, financially, there can be some unexpected uh, things that you don't think about in terms of self-employment tax and, and if you're going to do your own health care insurance and all these things. So, yeah, uh, freelance can be nice and fun and interesting, but – there is uh, some really good benefits of working for an agency or working for a company and having them take care of the things that you're not good at and letting you focus on the things that you are good at. So that's uh, great insight. And you were saying that you are still hiring people, so I'm going to turn it back over to you to talk about uh, possible openings at CoLab. Absolutely. So we have a few openings on our website right now. 
Um, but I would say, regardless of what specific openings are on there, we are always trying to meet with, learn about, speak with, um, and and just learn who else is out there and who is interested in this type of work. And I think that's how we have developed relationships that have turned into uh, really great talent and, and really great team members of ours. So I definitely would encourage anybody interested in learning more about CoLab and us and the positions we have open now. Um, there will certainly be more in the near future. We would love to have you check us out or um, shoot me an email or give me a call and learn a little bit more. Is there a phone number for CoLab? Yes, it's 804-433-3582. And our website is www.teamcolab.com. Great. So people who are interested in working with CoLab, go check them out. And and if you're interested and want to pursue it a little bit more, reach out to Morgan. Okay, Morgan, well, this has been a great conversation. We've covered a lot of interesting stuff. I hope the audience has stayed with us and and enjoyed this conversation that's more about the cost side of, of running a business than the creative side. So a little different conversation today, but I, I'm happy that Morgan came in and, and talked about this. This is an important topic for people who are either going to be freelancers or go into the agency life and are going to manage an agency. Uh, so a little bit of insight there. Um, sorry we couldn't go into more depth with the amount of time we have. But at this point, we've run out of time, and I've got to wrap things up. So to our audience, you've been listening to the Agency Work Podcast. My guest today has been Morgan Witham, the Chief Operating Officer at CoLab. We have been talking about the business challenges of running an agency and the overhead costs associated with providing the typical benefits that a business wants to provide to employees. We've also gotten a little bit of insight from her interviews with candidates uh, as they've interviewed some people to come on board to CoLab, some feedback from them and, and what they like about being a freelancer, what they like about going to work for an agency. I'm glad that Morgan accepted my invitation to talk about these things on the cost side of the agency today on the podcast. She's provided some great insight. I hope you've enjoyed that. And she's provided some context for this discussion with uh, the work she's been doing at CoLab in helping to run the business for Eddie. To learn more about CoLab, go online, as she said, to teamcolab.com, T-E-A-M-C-O-L-A-B.com. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. And to our audience, thank you for listening. I will be back next week with a new guest, and I hope you will tune into that episode. This podcast was recorded at Red Amp Audio in Richmond, Virginia. This is Agency Work signing off.